what's the point? I was being nice. I was being nice to him like five minutes ago. Now I got to turn that off. Got to get back on track. Uh, yeah. Was... Now it's in front of people. You have to be mean. <laughs> Even less time than that. <laughs> Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Park Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a side. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is very strong. I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even Wow. Sake. <sighs> Hi everyone, welcome to Trailer Park Podcast And uh, welcome to you, our millions and millions of fans To Trailer Park Podcast, episode 70 Cousin, gentlemen, Daniel, how are you this evening? Nathan, I am fantastic That's wonderful to hear You sound good Are uh, you implying that sometimes I don't sound good? Sometimes you sound a little angry, yes Welcome to Amanda as well. Welcome, Amanda, to Trailer Park Podcast. Hello 70. to the cool million. Mm-hmm. Was that calm enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to someone who never changes the pitch of his voice. Intern. Mm-hmm. Was that actually you or was that a clip? Tough well, to that was me. Tough to know. <laughs> it is tough to know. It's always the same. I didn't know it was a clip for months. <laughs> I really That's what I bring. Know. Yeah, I bring consistency. Yeah, and every time that I'm talking to him in normal conversation, and I hear him do it, it makes me smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 It's Trailer true. Park seventy. Seventy. What does seventy mean to you? It means that sixty-nine things happened before this. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's introspective and wise. Also, the meaning of number seventy is that it is an introspective and wise number. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. It is. There is a sort of wisdom associated with 70. Like when you hear 70, that's when you consider someone like old. Yeah, that seems to be the new 60. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone's 70, you're like, good job. Yeah. You made it. Now you yeah. can just die. Now you can just die. Yeah. 70 also has a lot of crazy shit going on religiously. And I didn't know there was this much stuff going on, and I don't want to bury people in religion. But I'll tell you a few things if you guys want to know. Yeah, it's that seven in there. The seven's real, like, positive and holy. So I'm sure 70 just really ups the factor by, like, let's say 10. Mm-hmm. Can you enlighten us? Well, Jesus appointed 70 disciples. Uh, he tells Peter to forgive people 70 times seven times. <laughs> <laughs> right, classic, classic Jesus. Um, yeah, according to the Jewish Agadah, there are 70 perspectives or faces to the Torah. Mm. 70 elders were assembled by Moses on God's command in the desert. Well, something is going on with 70. Big time. Big time. You know what else it is? It's the atomic number of iterbium. Favorite erbium? Well, it's a lanthanide. Oh, so. Second favorite. Yeah. yeah. In certain cases in law, copyrights expire after 70 years. Mm-hmm. Amanda, confirm? Yes. Yeah. 70 years of marriage is marked by a platinum weather, uh, wedding anniversary. Yeah. Oh, 70. Well, if you make it there, then you definitely deserve the sweet passage of death. 
It's also uh, commonly thought of as a uh, a speed limit. Yep, that is very. Is common. that an American thing? Seventy, 70 miles an yeah. hour is pretty pretty common on the freeways. Mm-hmm. Seventy, seventy-five, sixty-five, kind of ranges in there. So I guess mm-hmm. we're cheating. Well, just like the mean. And then um, moving on to the movies that came out in nineteen seventy. Anybody? Oh, got also it? the uh, sexual position oh, for seventy. Fuck! Here we go. Is you know laying slightly crooked in bed turning over towards your lover and realizing, of course, you're all alone like you always will be, and then you jerk off into the empty space of the bed. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, moving on to 1970. Um, what, do we, what, do we wow. what do we got here? Patton, MASH, Love Story, Airport, THX 1138. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Love means never having to say you're sorry. To... Two Mules for Sister Sarah, one of my mom's favorites. Two Mules for Sister Sarah? Yeah. Holy shit. Shirley MacLaine and Clint Eastwood. That's like That sounds like the kind of movie that would come on in the middle of the day when I was a kid when I knew that there was just going to be nothing to do that day. <laughs> um, and then coming up right after that on that day is uh, The Owl and the Pussycat. Mm-hmm. Little Big Man, Ryan's Daughter, Five Easy Pieces, Tora Tora Tora. You get the idea. Beneath, beneath the Planet of the Apes as well. I'll throw that one in there. Nice. And, yeah. In turn, what happened at the uh, the 70th Academy Awards? Well, and in uh, what year did that happen? Right. For clarification, please. The date was 1998. Mm. But it was awarding movies that came out in 1997. 1997. Right. So um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck got up and got really excited about winning screenplay. Academy Awards for uh, Goodwill Hunting. And that historic happened. moment. That was great. Yeah. I remember do, you, uh, do you like apples? Yeah. And then they just threw apples out to the audience. <laughs> Celine Dion broke hearts with My Heart Will Go On. Right. Yep. 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 Does uh, that mean that uh, a certain movie won Best Picture? That means a certain movie won a lot of things. Uh, On the king of the world! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor Leo didn't win anything. <laughs> he wasn't ready no. yet. He wasn't any good yet. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It uh, it won all the periphery awards. Best makeup, costume design, film editing, visual effects. Supporting actress. Cinematography. Hello. And Cameron dumped like a billion dollars into that thing. Let's hope it got some awards. At the time, it was like 225. Uh, supporting actress went to Kim Basinger for uh, L.A. Confidential. 225 million, I think. We all remember Billy Zane walking away with a with an Oscar. <laughs> no. No. Robin Williams for Goodwill Hunting. I thought the old lady won, or was she just nominated? She would have just been nominated. Yeah, it was a pity nomination. I don't know. They're like, you threw a necklace in the fucking ocean. Calm down, bitch. Yeah. What a waste. Oh, I'm still mad. Gloria, just go over to the side and die. Yeah. Can I... just wasted Bill Paxton's time. Can I tell you about a fun uh, Titanic reference I heard recently? Hmm. Um, so I read about this wedding that had a prenup where the bride wasn't allowed to use social media uh, moving forward. Otherwise, it would terminate their marriage. And, <laughs> and she Snapchatted the, the wedding. Right, so she's a fucking idiot. So immediately, uh, he divorced her immediately within two hours of the wedding. <laughs> yeah. He had one, one rule. And the guy made a crack. He said... If you were watching Titanic, they would have reached the divorce 
um, when you still have an hour left to go <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, they're still <laughs> dancing down on the third yeah. floor. Like their marriage is going down like a sunken ship. Anyway, hilarious. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was also the year uh, that Nathan loves Jack Nicholson won for as good as it gets, as uh, well as Helen Hunt. Yeah, he became uh, the one of the only guys in history to do three Oscar wins. Bam. I thought you didn't like his performance in this. Um, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's that I didn't think he deserved it. I forget what I thought should win. Yeah, I don't know if that's Oscar-worthy. Not an Oscar-worthy. No. You make me want to be a better man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I debate whether it's Oscar-worthy is, is my thing. Apparently, the uh, intern does not because he's, he's attacking me right now. Well, he was up against Dustin Hoffman for Wag the Dog, Peter Fonda for Yule's Gold, Robert Duvall for The Apostle, and Matt Damon for Goodwill Hunting. Yulee's Gold. Yeah. Yulee's. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess it did deserve to win then. Uh, Helen the Waitress meets Simon the Fag. Yeah. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Kinnear should have got that for his... <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, yeah. For his flamboyant dog petting. Really I nailed think, it. I think people just didn't watch Yuli's Gold or um, The Apostle. I haven't seen either. because Yuli. Yuli is short for Ulysses, and it's just a weird name. No one wants to go see Yuli's Gold. Agreed. Helen Hunt, though. I liked her winning. She deserved it. Over Kate Winslet? Oh, for Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kate Winslet's uh, got a bag full of them now, so I don't feel bad. Yeah, and they were angry at her at the time for letting Leo die. <laughs> there was enough room for him on that door. Oh, that... I've seen posts on Reddit where they, like, Ugh. mathematically graph out how much actual <laughs> space is on the door. <laughs> great yes yeah and they're like they could could have probably picked up a third oh i love all the jokes that that call her out for being a selfish bitch or for him just not being selfish enough get on there just be like a scoot over yeah totally totes it's okay Ruth. indeed indeed well moving on um, thank you, intern, for that very passionate uh, display regarding the Oscars. That was great. Yeah, my heart will go on. Um, I guess it's time for a little bit of pneumatic tube. Are, are you guys uh, are you guys ready for some pneumatic tube? Mm, tube news. Tube news. Shoot that tube. Okay, we have to inhale at the same time for the same amount of time. Yep. Ready, steady, go. All right. Uh, this article brought to you by Sad Sack Studios, TM, or Inc. Um, it's titled, Hey, Outrage, Can I Get a Light? I don't know if you guys are aware, but Hollywood just won a major lawsuit over smoking in the movies. How? What do you mean? Uh, there's a big class action suit. Um, they were arguing that by not making any movie that featured tobacco use in it an automatic R, the MPAA was misleading parents. Uh, they argued that since 200,000 kids a year started smoking because of the movies, that the MPAA was misrepresenting the content of those movies. Uh, the counter-argument was that they offered opinions, not a guide to the social values that movies represent. Anyway, it's a big win because uh, there is no data to support that kids have started smoking strictly because of watching movies. Right, and because the MPAA is like flailing to regain relevance in an era where everything but what it touches is uncensored and people are finally acting like adults and sifting through things, engaging things on their own opinions 
and not an organization that fucked most of the movies that came out of my genre for 30 or 40 years. Well, I consider it a win because I didn't want a movie that had cigarette smoking in it being given an automatic R when there's still like nudity and shit that's just kind of given a lesser rating. Yeah. Also, movies that feature gay people still get automatic R ratings as well, and that's going to come under fire shortly. We should just Twitter blast that right now. Like I originally, that's all I used my Twitter for was just to fucking harass the MPAA like every single day. (laughs) Oh, I see something else. See something else coming down. This is part of the weirding way that we will teach you. Dune. Um, This article is called uh, Dune. We just talk about this. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> and we did. But Are you I ga- about Dune? <laughs> I got to give you guys some backstory because recently we talked about Villeneuve uh, expressing that he would love to do Dune. That that's one of his childish childhood childhood dreams. Mm-hmm. I also learned about something recently. Um, you guys know the company Legendary. It was a, it was acquired by a Chinese like billion dollar corporation, and oh. um, it got a. After it got acquired, they did Warcraft, and they're going to do Pacific Rim 2 and Godzilla 2. But the other interesting thing is that he's built, the the CEO of this company has built this massive, like, $8 billion, like, movie production studio in China. And he's trying to lure Hollywood producers and production companies to China to make the movies in China at this gigantic production studio. And Dune would be good in China. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Remember how Villeneuve said it was so complicated to get the rights? Well, Legendary just got the rights. Yeah, they must have paid a shitload for him. So China now has control over Dune. And I think that if Villeneuve wants to sign up, they'd be more than willing to do it because they're trying to lure all these Hollywood people to make the movies there. They're offering like something, uh, I think a 40% um, production rebate. They yeah, also, they also here. It's cheap. We got lots of space, <laughs> lots of money. They also tried to buy Paramount. And Paramount uh, didn't let it happen. This guy is trying to take over Hollywood. It's crazy. And then, of course, if you make it in China as a co-production and allow that rebate to happen, then you don't become one of their quota. You get to just be on Chinese screens and rake in that box office without having to be a part of their 41 movies or whatever. So basically I'm saying that this is opening doors. Like Dune is going to happen now. There's no way that this legendary company bought these rights to do nothing with them. So something's coming. Right. But will it be good if it's not Denny directing? Well, we can just hope that they put things know. together, right? Right. I mean, there's there's hope that it can be good. You know, there's hope that Villeneuve would put some sort of spin on it if he ends up being the one that does it. But and I would definitely watch it. But I really feel like because of the previous attempts at Dune, it's kind of made it apparent that the material is just too dense to get across in like a feature length movie. They really should game Game of Thrones it. Or get Peter Jackson to make it into three movies? <sighs> not, not Peter, no. Not unless he like gets to do it just exactly the way he wants to do it. I assume with Lord of the Rings, they were like, come on, stick to the book. This is elves, this is dwarves, this is hobbits running around in New Zealand. <laughs> I'm sure he wanted to have like intense gore and crazy shit going on. They're like, ah, 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 Peter, Peter, you're not 22 anymore. So maybe, but still, it should probably either be a trilogy or just a fucking television series. 
I think they should just make it a four hour, four and a half hour movie. Maybe they, people, they could make it an event, a, a five hour epic movie. But then it'd have the same problem as the David Lynch one, which is that it would only be for fans of the book, and everybody else would just be left in the dark. Like, what are they? Are they? Are they turning their singing voices into bombs? Uh, what is this? Mm-hmm. It's great. Long movies don't work anymore like that. You can't get longer. No, they don't. You can't go back to the three hour and three and a half hour epics. They just aren't going to work out. No, Tarantino saw that a mile away. He was like, "Oh, fucking nobody has an attention span anymore." So I'm going to cut my three hour movie into two parts. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he could have left Kill Bill as one thing, but he didn't. So he was smart. Well, and like, or greedy. Really, literally, truly, like it's not just like, oh, I I don't have an attention span. No, I like I cannot sit in a theater for that long without having to pee. I remember yeah. t- Titanic had an intermission in the theater. I remember yeah. that. Take a break. I'd be okay with intermission, honestly. Yeah. Well, it allowed the smokers to go outside and smoke. And I think I smoked at the time. So I was like, oh, this is fucking sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, this is what we wanted. Everyone can go pee. Get another popcorn, another snacky snack. Take a little walk. Get those legs circulated. Talk about the movie so far. That's Get what the jacked sign. for part two. Yeah, decide to leave if it's garbage. That's yeah. what the sign says. Time for a snacky snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bunch of weirdos. Okay. Oh, there's one last thing in the tube here. Oh, it's shaking loose. It's shaking loose. I don't know if you guys recognize that music on the grab bag, but... Leftover, season three. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's that's music from the movie Moon, starring Sam Rockwell. Yay, Moon. And the reason why I'm bringing it forth here is because uh, we received an article from Sadzak that's that's called Mute Excitement. And Duncan Jones, I don't know if you know, but uh, the first movie he wanted to make was actually called Mute. And he didn't have the resources or the ability to do it at the time. And that's his next movie, which I am so happy to hear because Warcraft scared the shit out of me. I was like, Duncan, buddy, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mute is... Uh, going to be starring Paul Rudd and Alexander Skarsgård, and it looks like uh, Sam Rockwell is going to be making an appearance as well. He's part of the stable. It's about a mute bartender in a futuristic sci- science fiction world. Um, he has one reason and one reason only for living here, and it's a it's a woman, and she's disappeared. And he starts searching, uh, taking him deeper into the city's underbelly, uh, when an odd pair of American surgeons led by Paul Rudd seem to be the only recurring clue he fears the worst. So it's like a, a mute person trying to investigate and find someone in a science fiction world. Yeah, and Paul Rudd's head of some villainous group of uh, futuristic surgeons. That's cool. I like cool. that, yeah. Yeah, like I've, I'm just looking at a, at a photo because he's all excited talking about um, that it's starting to shoot in a, in a week. And he tweeted that on September 21st, so they're probably well into shooting. Um it's set in Berlin 40 years from today where East crashes against West in what they're calling a science fiction Casablanca. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And I want to tell Amanda that every day that goes by, I, I judge myself for being harsh on Casablanca, and I think I'm going to try it again with, <laughs> a, with a more open mind next to a Christmas tree. I didn't like it the first time I watched it either. Well, it's such a classic, and, and Bogart... You know, I gotta, I gotta push aside these judgments, and I need to dive back in. 
I think you should. Speaking it's of that. Funny. It's a funny movie. We should, we should dive into some Q&A. Yes. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. <laughs> now, I want you guys to know, the lineup tonight is so good that it's it's <laughs> it's quite possibly the best uh, lineup we've ever had. No, I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> on our podcast, which means that the uh, Q&A is going to be light tonight because we want to put the focus where it belongs. Now, in honor of our headliner tonight, Sad Sack is asking us how well we know musicals. Mm. See, the idea... The idea of an original musical that wasn't born of the stage is something of a unicorn. And recent attempts have simply regurgitated popular music with films like Moulin Rouge and Across the Universe. Sad Sack is hoping that this will prepare our minds to embrace the spectacle that is the movie musical. So we're just going to play three clips, and we're going to use it to get our energy in the right place to appreciate our headliner tonight, and also see how much you know. If you can, if you can call out what movie it's from, are hey. you ready? Yes. Clip number two, one. <laughs> Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. And little man, little Lola wants you. Little Lola wants you. Lola wants. Lola get. <laughs> no, definitely know the song. Yeah, I didn't know which musical it was from either. Although I have seen this musical live, which makes me wonder about my memory. West Side Story. No. <laughs> Intern, any guesses? Uh, no. It's actually from Damn Yankees. Did, nope, would never have gotten that. Nope, I didn't even it. I didn't even know it was originally made for a musical. To be honest, same here. Clip number two. And we run out of ice, so I go out to get some. Oh, I come back, open the door, and there's Veronica and Charlie doing number seventeen, the Spread Eagle. Well, I was in such a state of shock, I completely blacked out. I can't remember a thing. It wasn't until later, when I was washing the blood off my hands, I even knew they were dead. Oh, Catherine. Catherine Cedar Jones. Chirac. <laughs> lovely voice. <laughs> Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Chirac seemed to be a uh, original musical. That's true. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, Urban. Multicultural. Guys, dude, a bro. She she had it coming. Gal. Hmm. She had it coming. Yeah, Chicago. Dun, 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 dun. Another one that I was very harsh and critical about when it won Best Picture, and now that I look back. I don't know. I went and saw it live on stage recently in the last 10 years since it won an Oscar. I guess that's 15 years. Jesus Christ. Holy crap. 
Oh, we're aging. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, I went and saw it in an actual dinner theater, and it was very fun. There are some musicals out there that are tip-top, including this one. Life can be bright in America. If you can fight in America. So the lyrics were life can be great in America if you're a white in America. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah, I clipped the part that uh, made the most wow. sense right now. That was, wow. a, that was in 1961, and it's kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, it was three years before the Civil Rights Movement. <laughs> they were just being accurate. Oh. oh, and you know what, though? After I clipped this today, I was, uh, I was walking around outside in the world, and I couldn't get this fucking song out of my head. <laughs> I was like walking upstairs, like I was like whistling it everywhere I went. <laughs> wow. What what musical is it, intern? Come on. I don't know. You, you don't, don't know. You don't know. Are you a shark or are you a jet? That means nothing to when me. When you're a jet, you're always a jet. From your sur- first cigarette to your last dying day. Go, intern. What musical? I have only seen like three musicals. Mm. Was one of them West Side Story? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> if it was, you could make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of the ones you saw. Okay, moving on. <laughs> what, no, no Little Shop of Horrors? I've no, seen no rent. Little like Shop of Horrors. Wow. I've seen Chicago. We can, and I've seen we can do that, Rouge though. We, we can and do Singing that. in the Rain. Yeah, that's it. What am I supposed to clip from Little Little Shop Horrors, huh? Like Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> little shop, little shop, shop of horrors, little shop. Yeah, we could just sing them. We could do Rent too. Five hundred. Suddenly, Seymour. Yeah, that's actually yeah, the one. yeah that's, that's the a good one. one. That's the one that I would have clipped. Thousand six hundred minutes. <laughs> How do uh, you measure measure a year? Seasons of love. love. Seasons of <laughs> Did Disney movies count as musicals? Uh, Pretty much. Yeah, they are. I've seen a lot of those. But High School Musical, where'd those fall? Uh, that would definitely trash. be a musical. In the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not the classics. I went with the classics. I went with the classic, like made for the stage musicals. Some of them, all three of those, made into oh, movies yeah, that had success. Sorry, Amanda. Grease. Oh yeah, Grease is a classic, classic one. I think I think we're jacked up. I think we're ready for the headliner. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. whiplash us. Do it. Daniel, our headliner tonight is La La Land. La La Land. Here we go. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capisce? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank 
Good luck in the new year. I just heard you play, and I wanted. It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own roles, you know? Write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you going to do? I have my own club. Is that going to happen every time? I think so. How are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Nathan, worried or excited? You know who Damien Chazelle is, right? Absolutely. You know that he directed Whiplash? Yep. And he increased my heart rate? and, and <laughs> 120 and, beats per minute? And got onto my short list for uh, directors that I am fascinated by and interested in. What a follow-up. I was listening to an interview not long ago where they were saying that La La Land could actually somehow as a original musical, take down the Oscar just because of how depressing 2016 is. <laughs> they were saying that it's so depressing that something that's uplifting might actually get people to uh, to embrace oh, it. Well, the other movies that are being considered like super dark. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's some sadness. There's sadness out there, but um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm kind of getting quote persuaded here. Do you see that? Musical masterpiece. They don't make movies like this anymore. And then I started watching clips from musicals today. And I want to watch a musical. I want to watch one. And I love that this guy took a shot at the unicorn, which is the original musical film base. And I am excited. I'm giving him the benefit <coughs> of the doubt completely. They have great chemistry, too. Outstanding. Intern? Um... There was a quote in here that said that uh, there's conflict. It's exciting. But I, I didn't really see any conflict. Um, saying that, I'm excited for no conflict. I'll, I'll be excited. I want to watch this as well. Um, I've also heard quite a bit, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm being more persuaded from comments of people that I listen to than, than the actual trailer. This is the best trailer you've seen, though, right? Uh, this might be the only trailer I've seen. Man, I just I I I put myself out there, you know. I put myself yeah. out there, and he just he just slaps me in the face. Oh, shot down or overlooked, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am excited. I'm very excited for a lot of reasons. As far as the quote about they don't make movies like this anymore being persuasive. It is persuasive, but it's also just literally true. Actors and actresses 
are not triple threats anymore the way that they were, you know, 50 years ago. That everybody had to be able to sing and dance and act. So I'm excited to see Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, who I know can do all of those things, um, making a movie like this. And, you know, I'm a little bit bummed about how skinny she is right now. I'm like, I feel like you were like fuller looking and more attractive like five years ago. But at the same time, they do have great chemistry together. I find them both very charming and I hope that I am happy for two hours. I'm excited. Gosling did six hours a day learning all the songs for this so that his uh, so that he wouldn't look like an asshole. On the piano? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to like film him from his wrists up. Yeah, exactly. Cutaways to his hands. But when you hear that stuff, like the last time I heard something like that, I think it was Ray with Jamie Foxx. And he killed it. He crushed it. So when you're that committed, I don't think the performance can be in question. Mm-hmm. I think there's absolutely no reason for anyone to say worried about this movie. I know. Trailer number two. <laughs> we all know Daniel's not going to want to watch it. Daniel, Now, here's on. the thing. I I don't want to be sour because I'm not. Like, I also appreciate that they're making this kind of movie again. And we probably do need something a little more lighthearted these days where anytime something dramatic is about to happen, it's immediately alleviated by the fact that they're cutting into song and dance and floating around in an observatory. But... Or is that a planetarium? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to mince words. What I mean is that I didn't get the full-on musical masterpiece spectacular explosion that I was hoping for. What I saw was a relatively charming Old Navy commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and so I hope that I'm wrong worried. Well, I'm put a gun in my mouth excited. here let's cheer ourselves up with a little pixar trailer number two tonight daniel just to get you is uh, moana starring (laughs) starring dwayne johnson moana here we go. For generations, this peaceful island has been home to our family. But beyond our reef, a great danger is coming. Legend tells of a hero who will journey to find the demigod Maui. And together, they will save us all. Of the wind and sea, I am hero a- of men. What? It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, hero of men. I interrupted from the top, hero of men. Go. I'm not going on a mission with some little girl. This is my canoe, and you will journey to different. 
did not see that coming. The ocean is a friend of mine. First, we've got to go through a whole ocean of bad. Kakamora. Kako, what? They're kind of cute. Got your back. It's Maui time. <laughs> really? Blow dart in my butt cheek. We're going to the realm of monsters. Don't worry, it's a lot farther down than it looks. Intern, worried or excited? Is this uh, a new thing for Pixar to release two movies in a year? Is that normal? That's not normal. What's going on? Actually, this is just Disney. This isn't Pixar. I messed up. Oh, Nathan, you're leading me down the wrong path. Um, I really want Disney to do what they did before and just stick with uh, pencil and paper yeah, and not Disney, do the Pixar thing. Disney uh, computer animated is weird. Um, I'm going to say that I'm worried because Pixar, I think, dominates this, this area and, and Disney animated, not drawn is, uh, is strange. I also, I don't want to see the, uh, world's sexiest man anymore, even if he's a cartoon. I'm done with the rock. Have you been overrocked? I've been overrocked. Got rocked too hard? Yeah. Yeah. Just too much Johnson. Okay, guys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you're you're starting to jack Reacher. <laughs> Don't blame the Dwayne. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm concerned. I'm gonna I'll say I'm worried, and hope for the best. I do enjoy animated movies. I think more than everyone else on the show. Since when? Since always. That can't be real. It's like watching a really bitter-faced old man says say that he likes ice cream more than children. Yeah, that's probably also true. It's uh, not... Unless Ivan's on the show again, I think uh, we we have a a thing for animated movies. Anyway, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm concerned. Only watches Frozen back to back on the weekends. Okay, well, concerned is not an option. You have to say worried or excited. He said I worried. said I was worried already. Okay, um, intern Nathan. <laughs> um, I just want to say that it is an oxymoron. What what Daniel is bringing up. You're very moody. You're very moody. It seems strange that you would like so many animated movies that are filled with joy. It seems strange, but we'll move on. I like more than just Disney animated movies. Oh. I like brooding, moody animated movies yeah. also. Anime, hardcore hente. Um, <laughs> Kubo, Kubo much, yeah. and, the, and, and the two cocks. Yeah, anything, anything with tentacles. Anything that can be drawn with explosions. <laughs> Kubok? Oh, no. Or swords. Kubukake. <laughs> yeah, genderless, ageless Japanese women. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Amanda, what do you think of of, uh, of Dwayne's efforts here? Of of Moni. Mo- Moana? Moana? Um, Moaning? Well, uh, uh, 
I'm excited because I love all Disney, Pixar. I love all of it. Even when it's not very good, I'm happy to watch it. Um, but I'm not like coming out super hard swinging on this one. I, I don't think it's going to be great. I think it's probably going to be a little bit forgettable. It's going to like fade into the, you know, like, oh, yeah, that one happened. Sort of like Lilo and Stitch or Hunchback or like... Oh, those things, yeah, those happened, but... I'm glad you brought that up, because this thing is a weird abomination mix of Lilo and Stitch and, like, the Croods. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see the Croods. Yeah, that's but that's one. DreamWorks, isn't it? It's, yeah, this, this looks like DreamWorks. It's Pocahontas 3. Come on. Yeah, it's just... It, it's gonna... It, I'll <laughs> probably watch it, because I can't get enough Johnson. Um, Hey-o. Hey-o. Uh, and, and I'm sure it'll have some, like, funny moments and stuff, but I'm excited, but... You know, whatever. Whatever people think is fine. Yeah. It does. So you're excited. I'm falling excited, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, The Rock is kind of like a walking god. So it seems unnecessary to doctor him up the way they do in this movie. I don't know. This movie feels weird. Something weird about this movie. I'll tell you what it is. Americans have a strange time understanding Hawaii. It's a state. It's a part of America. But every time they see something Hawaiian, they just don't know what to do. Yeah, but we've 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 had we've had Hawaii for like a long time, like sixty or seventy years. We've come to terms with Hawaii. We understand Hawaii, and this seems more Samoan than uh, than Hawaiian. Keen distinction, but I don't know. There's like yeah, a, you know where Hawaiians came from, hey? Like he's he's a god of the water, but she's also a god of the water. No, the ocean. No, no, he's track. he's a god. She's she's the water controller. She's he doesn't control a, the water. Oh, a telekinetic water elementalist. She's like a water diviner. Yeah, I don't know. And then they're like stuck in some weird like yacht racing. I I don't I don't really know. I'm worried. This this does not look like it's going to be one that people are clamoring about years from now. Are they going to bring Moana to the ice? Here's or, here's 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 the situation, and I'm going to say. Uh, I'm worried as well. But I'm worried for a reason that I can articulate. So there's a difference. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just worried. I don't know. Anyway, um, I will do a shout out here to her body. It looks like she's properly proportioned for once. I'm sure the feminists will rejoice. Um, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd hit it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what the problem is. And I was disappointed in Zootopia as well. And it's for the same reasons that this is going to suck. Um, or that it's going to lack. I won't say it'll suck. I'll say it'll lack. Um, I was watching Hercules last night with Chelsea. And this movie and Zootopia are missing the villain. They don't show you the cool-ass villain. All great Disney movies that succeed have a great villain to offset all the hunky-dory little stupid rooster and pig characters and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's ha- true. Like That's Hades. Hades was great. Yeah, Hades is one of the best. He's so funny. He's one of the best all time. Like, he's so awesome. I know! You know. I know. I get the picture. He's so awesome. And, you know, Lion King, Scar. I mean, you can go through them all. Like, the really great ones have great villains. Jafar, like, it's it's endless. And I'll say that Frozen actually did have a nice villain aspect to it, which is why it's the most successful of the three that they're touting here. So I'm going to let this one go. Ew. 
<laughs> Moana, no mo, no Mona, no Anna. That was Christ. the worst. Button Every time, ever. <laughs> I've got to separate these keys. <laughs> it's becoming endearing, though. <laughs> the horror fulcrum tonight, trailer number three, is a fascinating uh, ditty starring Aaron Eckhart called Incarnate. Incarnate, here we go. Mom? I have an archdemon possessing the body of an innocent 11-year-old boy. we sent in the best exorcists but they failed who are you i'm gonna help your son i don't do exorcisms i don't use religious methods to treat the symptoms i go inside the victim's mind to treat the disease i evict the demon from the inside we're in your head wake up buddy something wrong henry This entity is strong. The strongest I've ever encountered. What happens when this entity is done with a kid and decides to jump? The boy dies. Cameron, this is not real. You're gonna burn. Faith has failed us. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I like, but halfway through that trailer, I was startled back into paying attention to it. And this terrible, the cell slash cheap. Oh, this looks awful. <laughs> This looks real bad, top to bottom. They try to throw out some names in there so that you get an idea of what you're getting into. Brought to you by the producers of Paranormal Activity and The Purge and Insidious and other movies that did mediocre. Um, And then, of course, don't forget, also director of San Andreas. They slipped that in there like it was relevant at all. Another Dwayne Johnson movie. This Eckhart. Eckhart's solid. No, that's yeah, not what I was going to say. He I mean, is, he's, and, he's fine. Eckhart's fine. But he, if this were the 90s, yes. Daniel, this is where... you're looking at this the wrong way. I need to step in and help you here. Uh, all the cheesy shit that we watch, all right, from the 80s and stuff, this screams like it's going somewhere cheesy. And it's, it looks like it's embracing it 110%, going into his mind and shit, trying to get an, an, an exorcism from the inside of his brain. This could be fun. Yeah, but it's like flashy. It's got that Hollywood viscous slick on it. No, no, no. no. It's got Blumhouse money behind it. 
I don't know. Well, I was not an easy incarnate, like evil incarnate. I get it. We're going to do some more exorcism stuff. Maybe it's because I'm burnt out from watching uh, the what's that outcast? Show? The outcast that with you guys. I don't know. I'm do not look forward to this. This could as might as well have been I Frankenstein worried. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm going to pop in right away and I'm going to say I'm excited. I want to see him go into this kid's head and have them explore the whole exorcism thing from a non-traditional standpoint, a science standpoint. I saw yeah. Carice uh, Van Houten from Game of Thrones show up there as well. I don't know. I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing yeah. to give it a chance. Excited. It looks cut, cheesy. Cut. Can we get some more solid black contacts for everyone in here? Oh, listen to you, fuddy-duddy. This yeah. is going to be better than probably Hellraiser 3, 4, and 5. And it's going to be, you know, along the same lines, cheesy and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm going next because I'm also <laughs> excited. And what? here's, yeah, because here's why. <laughs> I think that it really, truly has some, like, negative scale mm-hmm. potential here. I don't think it's going to be good, but I think it will be laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Just like San Andreas was. I, we, we together laughed our asses off. At San Andreas, why don't you want to embrace that? This has minus two potential, Daniel. It, yeah. We couldn't even finish San Andreas. I finished it. What are you talking about? We didn't finish it. I finished it. Yeah, I couldn't. You know, I, I think you're being... No, I a, wanted San Andreas to be that over-the-top terrible as a connoisseur of the negative scale. Trust me, I keep my eyes open for things like that. I think you're being a grumpy pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think Aaron Eckhart being like a decent actor in what is clearly an awful movie yeah. makes it even better. Yeah, yeah, he could be that. He could be like a weird, <laughs> contorted, contemporary version of Bruce Campbell. I'm not, I don't like strike that from him. I, it's, I don't see that here, though. Intern? I really want this entity to just jump from child to child <laughs> to be a movie about murdering children. Yeah, that would have made it a better movie. And we um, circle to how you like kids' movies but hate kids. Yeah. 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 As long as they're animated children, then he's okay with it. Well, it's because in animated movies, most times somebody's child's mother dies painfully early on in the film, and that's what, that's what Andrew's there for. Most animated movies don't have children. Oh, right. We're back on the anime. Yeah. Um, anyway. Just talking animals. Lots of animals. Yeah. <laughs> the best ones do, anyway. Um, but this, uh, I agree with our horror expert on this. There's a million different ways that they could have done this that would have made it, uh, somewhat entertaining. This is going to be really bad. Worried. The intern is agreeing with you, Daniel. That should be sending flags up. (laughs) Uh, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's liven this party up. We'll get an excited out of them if it kills me. Uh, Daniel, trailer number four is Office Christmas Party. Office, Christmas, party. 
here we <laughs> go. It's Christmas. We should celebrate, they said. Just a little get-together for the employees. Have a few drinks. Blow off a little steam. Nothing crazy. Merry Christmas, Jeremy. Great night, huh? This is a sample cheese board for a holiday mixer tonight. I'm sorry, you're having a Christmas party tonight? It's not happening. All right, it's canceled. Hey, idiot, I'm looking right at you. I'm telling you, the thing is not happening at all. I'm not messing with you. Hey, stop doing that, all right? <laughs> intercourse tonight, please do not do it on company property. Go into the Rite Aid parking lot. We're talking Rite Aid, baby, make it all night. Fwing, fwing, fwing. Oh, pardon me. Hey, Santa, want to party? <laughs> I think he meant to swing there. Amanda, worried or excited? I am so excited to continue with our Christmas tradition of seeing a Christmas movie in the theater together. <laughs> oh, but do you, are you excited for the movie? Yes, that also too. I think it looks funny. There's a lot of people in it that I like but not too many people, not like super duper ensemble cast too many, you know? There's a lot of good ones, but um, I think we'll laugh a lot, so I'm excited. Nathan? Flip, flip, flip! Hey, hey, I love that uh, McKinnon is becoming a part of this uh, harem, you know? It's like they all just get together. Hey, I feel like these movies, that's what happens, you know? They, they get a good script together, and they're like, Babin wants to do it. Oh, fuck. Well, let's get J.T. Miller. Oh, yeah, go talk to McKinnon. She'll love to do this. Oh, yeah, like, blah, blah. They like, cast each other, you know? The casting director probably just... just takes notes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just taking messages and passing them along, to be honest. I feel like that's the genesis for these types of things. And they probably ad-lib a whole bunch. Uh, basically, um, in the other trailer, it shows that the black guy, Courtney Vance, um, that did the... Um, fl- he, f- he flew... He was trying to do the swing there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy that they need to like help save their company. And there's no office Christmas party because they can't afford it. And then they convince Aniston to do it because you know, he's the target to make him have a good time and love the company. So, <laughs> so he's like, I love this company. They seem to be, seems to be working. So, yeah, I'm excited. Too excited, it's intern. I really, really like when people walk into things or swing into things or hurt wait. themselves. Wait, 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 wait. No, this one you're supposed to be worried about this one because it's not and, uh, a cartoon. All the funny parts are in the trailer, and it's not brooding. I, I'm gonna have a good time watching this. Are I'm you sure? For Are some you? some Christmas 
some jolly Christmas party time. Are you sure you want to do this? Experience, I'm excited. Experience joy. Are you sure? It has to. It happens twice a year. <laughs> All right. I'm usually watching Die Hard with you. Mm. Well, Die Hard's a classic Christmas movie. Not yeah, a lot you guys of people. Do the quintilogy. Yeah. No, just the first one. First no, one's the Christmas. Just the movie. first one when the tree goes up. Um, you could watch Die Hard two right now because Die Hard two is a Thanksgiving movie, I believe. But Die Hard one, strong Christmas. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think this might this might crack a Christmas. You could watch this every you know three or four years. This I'm might, excited. This might crack a Yuletide smile on the stone face of the intern. I actually just watched the first half of the animated The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm. This would be exciting enough to stop you from just racing home after work every day to watch like child trauma videos on YouTube. No, no. I if we could just eliminate them before, I try not to pay attention to children at all. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, we we come across a movie trailer that makes the inner that makes the intern go, "I'm the king of the world." <laughs> I think we found one here tonight. That's the, that's <laughs> the energy I was taking off him. Uh, uh, yeah, Daniel. I, even though I can see, I can see it in here, like contemporary comedies, because the the sort of like. I don't know, borderline has just been removed. So now all contemporary comedies have to like do something absolutely insane somewhere in the movie that just like alters the tone enough to make it just sort of weird. And I can definitely almost guarantee that that happens in this movie. That said, do love, not fuck me on this. That said, I like TJ Miller, love Jason Bateman. You like that girl that kind of like reminds you of me from Workaholics. Uh-huh. I like the chick from Workaholics. And it even has that like nerdy Indian guy from those like Verizon commercials. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he even pops up in here. So yeah, this looks like it's gonna be fun for the most part. Like I said though, remember the little warning I gave beforehand. That said, I'll give this an excited. Oh. Whew. Okay. All what right, we got one. Are you okay? Is everybody okay? Is everybody all right? Yeah. Sorry? Eddie, are you okay? There's only one every year Christmas movie, though. Mm. Yeah. Like, like actually Christmas theme. Like, Die Hard, I get it. That's a good Christmas movie, but like... What's the one we saw last year? Like, Go Down on Me, or... Oh, that we saw in the theater? Yeah. No, The Night Before. The Night Before. That's what it was. That was good. Hmm. Was, that, was that good? That was good. Was that... Yeah, that was good? Okay, trailer number five. Um, this one... Little, little directed by Robert Zemeckis here. We got ourselves some Marion Cotillard. We got ourselves some Brad Pitt. We got some Allied. Allied. Here we go.
couch. You'll sleep on the roof. In Casablanca, that's where husbands go. They're watching us. Focus me. Said you were beautiful. Good. Being good at this kind of work is not very beautiful. After the war, you have a place? When the war is over, it won't matter where I am. Found each other. Come with me to London. Come with me and be my wife. I love you with all my heart. There's no easy way to say what we're about to say. We suspect your wife is a German spy. It's insane. If you are right, all this will be forgotten. But if she is, you will execute her with your own hand. And if you do not comply, you'll be hanged. For 72 hours, we shall know for sure. Is this a game? A test? Everything is a test. You were different with me last night. Different? Like you were angry. She's the mother of my child. It isn't true. I will prove it. Look, save her. You blatantly disobeyed orders. You're scaring me. When the war is over, it won't matter where I am. Nathan Zemeckis, worried or excited? I'm going to hesitate for a moment. I'm going to toss it over to Amanda. I want to hear some feedback. Damn, I was going to do whatever you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then then toss it. Toss it like a hot potato. No, I'm so on the fence with it. Well, I'm not going to let either of the other two yahoos lead me. Um, Yes. But... Here's what I know. I know that I love both of them all the time. I think she's like the most beautiful woman in the world, or at least like top five to me. He doesn't age, and I always like him. At all. He looks the same as he did. How in- old is he? 30-something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm worried that it will, or I'm concerned, I'm scared that it's going to be really slow and drawn out and I'll probably figure it out like halfway through maybe or I'll stop caring because it's so slow. <sighs> Man, I wanted to I wanted to be excited about it, but I think I'm going to fall worried. Worried from Amanda. Nathan, do you want this now? Are you ready for it or should we wait a little longer? Finish with me. Ugh. <laughs> In turn <laughs> Very like Mortal Kombat. Please but finish on Nathan. Different. <laughs> um, there's moments in time when when I watch uh, trailers or movies, and and you think, how long or how many takes did that take? And when he's kicking that chair, I just imagine them being on like the 57th <laughs> take, and Robert being like, "No, Brad, that chair needs to fly just like three inches higher." Yeah. Donkey kick it, Brad. Donkey kick it. Um. I Wife. I like liars. Uh, I really think that Zemeckis is going to bounce back from his uh, his last 
his last movie that was meant for f- five minutes and meant to be seen in in 3D and IMAX. His boring streak. Um, no, flight, I, flight. I enjoy World War Two. I enjoy killing Nazis. I, I want to watch this. I hope that uh, I hope that Brad Pitt dies in the end. Flight was excited. W- flight was good. The walk was also good, but it yeah it needed 3D like he was saying. Zemeckis doesn't ever fail, Daniel. Okay, come on, let's go. No, I know that. I mean, the man is a good director. He doesn't really fail. He just makes a movie that you don't want to watch that often. Um, Choose your words carefully here, cousin. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's lined up to be successful, just like Amanda was saying. You've got the the two leads are both spectacular and beautiful. Uh, The story is sort of intriguing, you know? Like, would she go that far? Would she marry and have a kid? just for her country, just to betray all of it in a heartbeat if she had to? Maybe. If she would do that, would you kind of sociopathically, like, respect her? Because that's just fucking insane. And, but Zemeckis, the last few, I don't know, I've just been sort of like, eh, that's like for Nathan or for my parents. And so <laughs> I got to go worried on this one. Okay. Time to come clean. Lead us home, Dad. The reason why I wanted to go last was because I violated the mandate of Trailer Park Podcast, and I watched this movie this afternoon. God damn it, oh, Nathan. Nathan. In, in the theater, I watched this motherfucker today. <laughs> Let the record show for the intern's um, archive update that I would have said excited because I was jacked. That's why I went on opening day in the afternoon. Um, it's good. It's real good. And I'm going to burden it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good that I will burden it. Amanda, mm. you will you will like it. Okay. Okay. Good. Fine. Good. Proves right. wrong. We're all worried. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, Yahoo number one uh, said he was excited. You were Half and half. You were both referred to as Yahoos. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> That's true. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the archive music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second part of Trailer Park Podcast, where we do the burden list and the intern archive update. Um, you may have heard my cousin just exclaim that that's not the archive music, and he's right, and I was wrong. <laughs> 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 However, um, you know, I thought we should do the roundtable intro first and then explain to people that the intern, um, you know, this is not a reflection on his commitment. This is not him bailing on us for a dumb reason. This is because he has to go somewhere significant. So he's going to do the archive update first tonight, and I'm going to leave it the way it is. I'm not going to edit things back and forth and all around. I'm just going to tell you straight up. That's he, what I thought you were going to do, which is cut it to the back. He's doing the archive update first, and then we're going to do the burden list after he goes. And that's the way it is. In turn, what kind of, uh, what kind of update music would you like tonight? Oh, you know. Uh, number three. Number three? Okay, let's sure. see here. What's that? On my own. Oh, shit. So I can update this archive now. Oh, don't you know that you guys are 
wrong all the time and I'm gonna let you know in my archive <laughs> yeah, next time I ever say a number it's anyone but that one well I, I didn't even click number three I just clicked that one yeah that's it's the only one that. that's there in turn <laughs> you, you um, could have picked any number it wouldn't matter <laughs> yeah so, uh in the archive, we're at uh, episode 34, and uh, this could have been called the familial episode, as every single movie relates to family. Um, we started out with Fantastic Four, the epic... The 2015 remake? Superhero, yes. Uh, and then uh, we moved on to uh, People, Places, Things, uh, Sinister 2, which I watched so recently, and I, I had to read a someone else's review to remember what happened um <laughs> then uh, diary of a teenage girl and ricky and the flash is uh what happened this episode um was i on this one no chelsea was oh okay on this episode and uh well we can start with fantastic four and uh there's been a, a trend in superhero movies where they fight a blob in the sky at the end which is uh a big problem and this is uh Something that happens here as well, on top of it being a, just a bad movie. That happens in that movie? I saw that movie like three months ago. I don't remember yeah. a blob in the sky. I remember a blob inside of another dimension. I just remember Fantastic Four as perceived through gothic teenagers' eyes. Mm. Uh, I didn't think it was that, that bad. It definitely wasn't 7% on Rotten Tomatoes bad or whatever the hell it got. Really? You didn't think that? This is one of the rare movies where I was like, everyone's overreacting. And then I watched it and I was like, no, that's fucking terrible. No, I didn't. Nathan, Nathan's saying this right now because he was the only one that was excited. No, that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying it because I avoided it like the plague, and then I watched it on TV just the other day, and I wasn't offended by it. I mean, I've seen you know other superhero movies that I think should be ranked down. Oh, this, this, this elevated come... the 2005 Fantastic Four so much. For oh. Me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the original Fantastic Four that was done, yeah, then. I hated that one. And this one was way better than that one. Oh, no, 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 no. Quite the opposite. I didn't mind the uh, the science stuff at the beginning. I, I thought I was uh, interested. And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, everything stopped, my interest. 35-year-old Miles Teller pretends to be an 18-year-old nerd. Yeah. In the stereotype of 1980s nerd. Right. Uh, anyway, oh, you guys are brutal. Michael Chiklis and and Jessica Alba as as oh come on, these are way it's better actors. The far superior Fantastic Four. Oh my God! We Actually, are... I've heard from multiple sources that the now preferred Fantastic Four is the original nineteen oh, eighties yeah. Roger Corman. Yes, yes, and we we need to watch that and shush it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, we need to shush it. That's yes. right. That's what we need to do. Jesus. Uh, I think, Daniel, you were the most accurate when you said you were academically worried. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea and I were just worried. So uh, everyone but Nathan got a point. Mm. Those are my um, moving on to people, places, things. This uh, Has anyone seen this? No. No? Daniel? So, no. Nope. Amanda? No? Okay. Uh, so, so, so Jermaine. Jermaine Clement. Jermaine. Mr. Apathy. Uh, I was excited because I, I like this is a relationship movie for Daniel excitement. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, Chelsea said that it would have heart for days. Um, 
Daniel, you said you'd give it a chance, and Nathan, you were just excited. Uh, and we said uh, Jermaine's name wrong throughout this whole thing because of me. Yeah, Jermaine. Yeah. Yeah. Asshole. Um, Jermaine. I enjoyed this movie so much. Um, it was so entertaining. Uh, I suggest everyone watch it, and I, I think that uh, Daniel and Amanda, you should watch it together, uh, just to just to soak in. I think the the familiar apathy that uh, that Daniel displays sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I gave it a plus two, so close. I I think I'll probably be watching this a few more times in the next little while. Um, but it's uh, just yeah, really good movie. And uh, that led into our uh, our problem of uh, fulcrums. Might need to get Daniel to start choosing horror movies. Oh, did I sour on that one too? I, let's be honest. Like nine. Oh no, you were worried. I'm worried on the fulcrum. Uh, oh right, it would it would give him more accountability if he chose the fulcrum every single time. Oh, I see where you're going. Well, there might be you might be excited more than worried all the time. I'm open to the idea. Um, so we were all worried except for Chelsea. Um, which Nathan, you convinced her to be excited by saying you like boogeyman stuff. Um, and she said she wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> she wasn't going to watch it excited. Brought her down to my level, huh? Yeah. So now you and Chelsea have two points, and uh, Daniel and I have three in this episode so far. And that's because I went, I convinced her to be excited, and then I said worried. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, you've done that a few times to Daniel. <laughs> yeah, that used to be Nathan's, like, M.O. Was to- <laughs> yeah. Quote, he got me on the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm I add, 33. I advocate. I devil's advocate, people. Yeah, you start giving it like red flags and white flags based on your the depth of your IMDb knowledge. <laughs> like, oh, well, he wrote this movie, so clearly. <laughs> uh, next up, we had uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. Did anyone watch this? Yeah, yes. What, what would really yeah. blow Did your you mind? like it? I thought this was one of the best movies of whatever year that was. Yeah. Uh, it's really good, eh? Yeah, it's it's the best depiction of female sexuality that I've ever seen. Who directed it? Uh, Mariel Heller. I don't know how to say her first name, Heller. Okay, so it's a woman. Mariel Heller. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is actually a graphic novel as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was a graphic novel, and then yeah. it was a play, and then they turned it was into it like a like female Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? No. No, I watched... but they do do weird like animation things throughout the movie. Like, yeah, they pop yeah. up. She wants to be a comic book artist. Yeah, I watched something um, about the selection process for her that was kind of intriguing. I don't remember where I watched it, but the director was pushing for this movie, pushing and pushing and pushing for years, and they didn't uh, do it until they found the right person. Yeah, it, uh, it was something else. I, this was one of my favorite movies also that I've seen in, in quite a while. Um, it's a three, so, and I don't give out threes very often. So that was intern's last sentence in his diary entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was my last sentence in my diary entry. Anyway, uh, I gave it a, a high plus two. Um, and Daniel, you were the only one that was worried. <laughs> of course. So uh, um, I'm at four, and everyone else is at three. Oh wow! The intern's leading the archive update episode. Wow! Surprise. Oh yeah. For the first time. Yeah, what'll really knock your socks off is, Daniel, if you said you were excited about um, Incarnate 
would I have still been excited? Think about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just like spite everything <laughs> now? Yeah, like convince you like, oh, all the cheesy movies from the 80s. You know what? Okay, I'll give it a chance. Excited. I'm worried. Boom. There we go. You're going to love me for this last one. Ricky and the Flash. Did anybody watch that? I did not. No, that was, was a, pretty bad. Though. It was nominated for an Oscar, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's what I, my failed prediction <laughs> is that uh, she would get nominated for a 20th Oscar. That didn't happen. Um, I like music movies and I like family stuff. I was entertained. This is a plus one. Um, Daniel, you were worried and the rest of us were really excited for Meryl Streep more than anything else. Um and I gave I gave myself and uh, and everyone else a point, which means I I sharded this bitch. Well, oh, I won. A shard is to be excited about every movie. Uh, to get a five out of five on the Intern Archive update is a much less achievement. It's like the meh, shard. <laughs> yeah, I that's the mm-hmm, oh, he sharded gave this. Yeah, yeah, you mm-hmmmed it. Gave himself a a pat on the back. Uh, You know what this also did? Percentage-wise, it's fantastic because I lead now with 68%. (laughs) Amanda's at 67%. Damn it. Nathan's at 63%. Chelsea's at 62%. And Daniel, you're still at 59%. This is what what we wanted this to be. We wanted the intern. so happy. We need you to be at like 90%, though, and everybody else at like (laughs) 60-something. That's great. I won the episode, and I now am winning the archive update. Yep, you certainly are. On that note, you all have a wonderful evening. Thanks, intern. Bye, intern. Bye. Bye. All right, let's get down to business. Let's let's be gentlemen about this, though. Daniel? Yep, let's scrap the segment. (laughs) (laughs) The burden list, Daniel, um, is a list of items that need to be appreciated and require the insight and understanding of a gentleman in order to be removed from the list. Uh, Amanda, do we go up on each other first, or do we go down on we each other? We go up first. You go up first. And who would you like to hear from first with options, Amanda? Uh, I would like for Nathan to give options to Daniel first. Okay. Daniel. Nathan. Have something a little bit new for you here tonight. Uh-oh. Uh, Christian reviews of crude or profane language. Nice. Which website did you go to? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, there's like there's a couple of like very, very particular ones that break movies down to unbelievable levels, as in like counting how many times someone flips the bird, mm-hmm. how many times someone says the word "darn." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, number one. Uh, for quote unquote affectionately using the N word, affectionately, and I should say here <laughs> that that particular word is used a lot during this film. The tally approaching one hundred. Right, Chirac. Add to that more than one hundred F words, about eighty S words, and several other swears, including ass, bitch, damn, piss, and hell. Anatomical crudities include dick and pussy. And the bird is flipped twice. Yeah. <laughs> Do 
two birds to go with dick and I'm surprised they used dick and pussy. Oh no, there's dashes. I'm filling in the dashes. Oh, even then, I'm surprised they're not like you know. There's uh, vague references to uh, genitalia. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two is about ten f words and a handful of s words. God's name is misused almost twenty times. Half are paired with damn. Jesus' name is abused about ten times. Characters utter other profanities, bastard, hell, and ass, and crudely reference critical body parts. Critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like vulvas. And <laughs> yeah. And, yes. and clitori. Sure. 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 <laughs> and number three. He may try to protect his children from the crass, cruel world in many ways, but foul language is fair game. He and his children use the F word nearly 20 times without apology. We also hear the S word at least twice, along with bitch, damn, and hell. We hear goddamn three times. Jesus' name is abused five times, once paired with the F word. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Daniel, you may select option one, two, or three. Or you can pick your poison by choosing August, Osage County. Oh, my God. That's a good movie. As a fourth bonus pick because of I our last episode. Based on the title alone. <laughs> no, Amanda, in, in episode 69, I, I told him I was going to watch Manchester by the Sea and burden it to him because he was being a fuddy-duddy. And then he, th- he threatened me with watching August Osage County and then burdening it to me. And I told him I'd already seen it and I was going to burden it to him instead. So, Oh, so this is just y'all getting... It's actually, it's a fine movie. It's August, not a- August Osage County is an inside joke and it will be forever a fourth option moving forward. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think I said the title right either. I don't know. It might be Osage or Osage. I don't know. It's Oklahoma. So no, it's I, mean, I, I think I fucked it up completely. I think I was like Orange County, <laughs> October, August Orsage County, yeah. August Orifice County. Yeah, um, I think just by this scale that you're choosing to present these films to me in, uh, I've got to go with the motherload. If I'm going to get a Christian reviewed film, I need it to be chock full of offensive matter, and then I don't think I could think of anything more offensive than affectionate use of the N word. <laughs> Number one. Daniel, you have selected dope. Dope. I was, I was I kind of knew it was dope. That's my limited white person's knowledge of black movies. I was like, okay, just constant use of the word of the N-word. Just lots of cursing. It's gotta be dope or like <laughs> Chirac. Yeah, I heard you say Chirac. I'm I'm surprised you risked it. <laughs> he knew you didn't watch it, so <laughs> yeah, that was safe. Yeah, no one's watching Chirac. Dope, I, I'm excited to um, hear your review of it because it was just fun and it really reminds you of the 90s in a very satisfying way. Done. I'm happy you selected Dope. Dope. All right, Nathan, for you, as I go up on you, um... You know, we were having a little discussion earlier. I like to theme things. And, of course, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Um, Fake Thanksgiving. So so I have provided you. And, of course, you know, the, the main focal point of Thanksgiving is the turkey or a bird. 
<laughs> so I have three Thanksgiving slash bird related <laughs> options to choose from. Awesome. All right. And we will go. I'll let you choose them by their tagline. Mm. All right. Now, this first option, Nathan, option number one, it's got a couple of good taglines here. Uh, Amanda, what do I go with? Do I go with this or with this? The last one. All right. Tagline for number one. Warning. Boobs in the first second. Hmm. That's the tagline for number one. Hmm. A tagline for number two, Nathan, is humans, the other white meat. Unless you're black, then it's dark meat. Or if you're Asian, it's yellow meat, Native American, uh, red meat. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's racist. And number three, nice and generic for you, hard to distinguish, who will survive? Hmm. So, warning, boobs in the first second, the other white meat spiel, or who will survive? Let's go racism. You want racism? Number two, please. Number two. (laughs) You will be watching Troma's 2006 Poultry Geist. Oh, my God. Night of the Chicken Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Poultry Geist. (laughs) Night. Just a second. I'm still writing. Night. Of the chicken dead. <laughs> Actually, all of my options were from, I don't know, the last, yeah, the all, all 2000 films. All of these awful, awful things. Are they all trauma movies? Uh, no, no. The options that you did not choose tonight, the one that you avoided, um, warning boobs in the first second. Secondary tagline was gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> that one is called Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, intern isn't here to verify that he wishes you had taken option number three, which is Birdemic, colon, shock and terror. Okay, I'm happy with Poltergeist. Which has a, um, okay, so Birdemic has a (laughs) 1.8 IMTP score. Poltergeist has a 6.2. That's pretty solid. And thanks killing... A 4.3. You picked the best. You See. did pick the best of the three, according to IMDb. It's six point. That is a, that is a high rating for a troll movie. Was that uh, right? Was that accurate? It's, it's That's probably what it says. 6.2. Holy out of 6,000 ratings. It's probably beloved by a group of, you know, trauma lovers. Right. 6,000 6, voters? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poultry cast. Comedy horror musical. All right. Who's going down on each other first, Amanda? Uh... Nathan, I'll go ahead and let you go first again. Well, Daniel already knows what I watched. Oh, yeah. He let it slip last time. He wanted to sneak it in there, but we didn't have this segment in the last episode, so I didn't let him. But I want it to be known that I didn't do it spitefully. I watched it early the night before because I knew that I needed to watch one just in case. And then, you know, we started to play games over text, making deals. Yeah, I I kept it from him, hoping that he would... uh, fall into my trap a second time <laughs> get the gringo oh yeah get the gringo mel gibson let mel know why daniel wanted me to watch this only mel knows mel <laughs> yeah yeah maybe uh how about because it's a surprising solid stylized entry it's good get the gringo's good Right? Isn't it like you're watching it and your brain is telling you, okay, don't, you don't want to expect much from kidding, kidding <laughs> And then halfway into it, you're like, is this actually okay? <laughs> well, this is what I wrote about this movie because I write my responses in advance. I said, 
Don't know that I have too much to criticize. I found myself trying to judge it for the first bit, and it slowly won me over. With its music and style, the slow-mo shootout was a bit much until the grenade grab, and then I settled in and let my guard down for the rest of it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the planning and execution of the Peter Stormar death scene. <laughs> uh, it was like this. Opening scene was good. Blah, blah, Mexico. Blah, blah, Mexicans. Blah, blah, this was probably cheap to make. And then, okay, that was pretty cool. Uh, that was also cool. This is actually pretty good. Uh, only Mel knows Mel. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty good. Right? And it was, you get, like, weird insight. You're like, so families can just, like, day visit Mexican prisons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the Mexican uh, prison itself is a, is a head trip. It's almost like a little community, almost like a barter town from Mad Max. Yeah, that you could like you can yeah. live with your incarcerated spouse. Yeah, if yeah. you want to, it's very strange. Yeah, it's very kind of weird, and uh, and you know, once you get over that, and the fact that he's in Mexico, and you're like, oh god, you're just kind of exhausted. Like this is, I'm gonna have to deal with this. All these Mexicans, Mel in Mexico. How racist yeah. is this gonna get? <laughs> yeah, here we go. And then it just you know kept everything that you know because when you're ready to criticize something, you're watching for any fault that it makes. And you'll be like, oh, this is crap. You're just looking for a reason to dismiss it. And it doesn't give you a reason. You're waiting. You're sitting there. You're primed. You're ready to dismiss it and judge it. And it just doesn't give you a reason. It just keeps getting better. And by the end, you're just like, fuck it. Get the Gringos awesome. Yeah. Nice. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Nice. I, I remember having that exact reaction, but it had been a while. So I was like, uh-oh, was I wrong? <laughs> yeah. And the quote I pulled was uh, from Chris Bumbray from Joe Blow. He said, puts hair on the chest of even the most jaded action movie junkie. Nice. <laughs> yep. Solid. Thank you, Daniel. Get the green go. I'll replace that with poultry geist, night of the chicken dead. <laughs> We're getting, this you know. was, so I have to take a little bit of ownership of the fact that you got three poultry <laughs> themed things because I was like, because he said, like, I need to give him something tough. And I was like, do you have anything Thanksgiving themed? Well, And that's what you ended up with. <laughs> like, look, look at his burden list. I have successfully put, like, a thick drama syrup. Yeah, it's real heavy. <laughs> it's so heavy. I knew something bad was coming. Yeah. 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 All right. Daniel. All right. Go down. Going down. And it is kind of kismet that... This is the one time or one of the very rare times that the intern isn't here because I think he's been waiting 18 months. Oh, shit. Did you oh. did you pull down the club for me to watch the movie of which I share my initials? Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, fuck. It has happened. Oh, this is perfect that he left. I'm going to rub it in his face. It has happened. I finally, finally braved Dallas Buyers Club and Matthew McConaughey's just consistently grotesque physique. Oh, is it? It's yeah. brutal. Yeah, you can't really deny the uh, the uh, what, what would you call that? The commitment to this oh. role. He fucking dove right in. The commitment's intense. Just every time I saw those, like what I assume are like size twenty six pants cinched with like a rope. Barely hanging on to his body. Holy shit! Oh, uh, uh, yeah. He's almost like a different person. Yeah, and he and he doesn't like recover in time for Wolf of Wall Street. 
No, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, the oh, no, you just mm-hmm. went went straight to it because even in that movie, you're like, oh, do you have AIDS? No, he's just like chalked up on a lot of coke. Yeah, a lot That's... of coke, probably also AIDS. But uh, yes, Dallas Buyers Club is, is 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 fine. It's a good movie. I, I really can't say anything bad about it. Even Jared Leto, that I usually have a hard time with, is surprisingly kind of toned down and charming in this as the transsexual they never expressly say they never that. say i think he doesn't he doesn't want to cut it off he just wants to like he's okay with being called him so i think he's transsexual yeah. he's like yeah exactly and really in the end what what gets me which is part of the reason why i don't like to watch movies is like like this is because i get super heated about like what is supposed to be just a dramatic element of the movie and i instead just become enraged and focus only on that part which is any government organization <laughs> that Hell. that wants to control what you put in or out of your body when it itself has no authority considering the corruption of which it is participatory in. So this entire movie, all I'm thinking is... Fuck the FDA? Yeah. Can you just cut the inside of your mouth and just go spit in all of their faces? That's what I constantly want him to do in this movie. Anytime they interrupt with the FDA, the FDA comes in, they come in throwing their government power around, trying to steal up vitamins and other random innocuous items that have just been disapproved of and not made explicitly illegal. And then during the course of his whole Buyers Club uh, plot, they managed to finagle the law just enough to make it that much more illegal. For, you know, it's just, it's constant, like... And there's even a scene in the movie where Matthew McConaughey expresses it perfectly, which is sort of towards the end when he comes into the the AIDS support group meeting that's meeting with the FDA and that and the company that makes that AZT medicine. And he's like, the only reason they're trying to stop me is because they don't want us to find a cure before they do. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. The government and the pharmaceutical companies collude together and fuck everyone and put everyone in harm's way. And prevent any sort of alternative medicine from coming through just because they're terrified of missing out on the money that comes from them figuring it out and patenting it first. And then raising the price 10,000% to fuck anyone who doesn't deserve to take it, a.k.a. Uh, the poor or abused. Exactly. So, and privatization breeds all of that. You need to, you need to embrace socialism, cousin. It's like the EpiPen. But this, but this whole movie is the anti that point this movie is an advocate for privatization no, or for not. or for nothing really because the bigger, it's both. the bigger picture is that privatization breeds the mentality the corporate controlling mentality that you're pissed off about you but don't the, you're okay, not you're not seeing it pollution because you live in texas and you're right. manipulated by it but that's okay private companies fuck consumers like like the epipen company that's a private company their mm-hmm. drug is fda approved right but they raise the price of an EpiPen. Right. That's why it's not one bazillion percent. Right. That's why it's not one or the other. It's both of them all the time. And neither private, option works. And Privatization private corporation. or publicization, neither one of them works. Private the corporations. Just as eager to fuck you over as any private company. But private, private corporations also keep their interests at the forefront and have lobbyists that you know, manipulate the government, so on and so forth. If, yes, it's, a, if, it's, a, if it's a government initiative that publicizes everything, then there is no lobbies and there is no private company. And that part of it's gone. So I, dis- I disagree with you. Accepts Big that pharma bribe. money? Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is you take 
one element away and there's less pressure on the uh, fiscal aspect. It would just be the government and it wouldn't be the private corporation involved. So then you're just dealing with just government corruption, which is half of the problem. You understand my point? No, that's cool. I mean, I've, that's why I like going to Canada because weed is legal everywhere and kratom is legal. And yeah, that's, that's right, right, Nathan? I'm sorry? Um, isn't, le- isn't weed legal all through Canada? Uh, healthcare is free. But is weed legal, though? Like a harmless, innocuous substance? Is this, is this, is this movie about weed? Or is it about drugs? It's about, well, it's, it's a drug. Pharmaceutical drugs. Right. Right. Of which marijuana is considered worse than. Why is this a marijuana conversation all of a sudden? To prove some sort of vacant point? It's just to prove that there's no good option. Whether against, the government against, controls everything okay, or Daniel, the Okay, Daniel, tell me. I mean, I, I, hate, no to, I hate to take it this way, but tell me what privatized company in America currently controls the use and the consumption of marijuana and you or the approval I'm, of. The, the answer is zero, so your point is vacant. Let's the, move on. It's the government. Here's the thing that I realized when I watched a movie with Daniel. <laughs> is that this speaks to the environment that you first watch a movie in is so um, influential on how you perceive that movie. Because I like the Dallas Buyers Club. I loved it. I loved it when I first saw it. I've watched it many times alone. Several times I've watched this movie. And we watched it together today. And because I know how he is and I know how he doesn't like anything that's more than an hour 45 and i know he doesn't like dramas and stuff like it made me so much more in tune with the fact that the movie is slow and it is in a very real way boring (laughs) and so like that's the problem with like all of this stuff that we talk about on this show is that when you let yourself be influenced by the people that you're watching a movie with or the environment that you're in when you see it, you don't really know how you feel about it unless you watch it by yourself in a decent mood when you're awake. Yes, I totally agree with that. So, Well, for me, it's like um, when I see a great, uh, all, all, you know, because movies are, are elements, right? They're you know, directing and editing and producing and writing and all those elements. And when those elements come together to execute on a specific level, then for me, it's about the accentuation, the, the punctuation, what scenes stand out to me as scenes that are truly incredible. Because actors get together, and that's what they strive for. They, they, they listen to each other, and they react off of each other, and occasionally they have these moments of fucking brilliance. And this movie, I mean, McConaughey's so dialed in that if you're dialed into his performance, then you're going to capture some of those great moments. And that's kind of what I'm after. So, so like, it, like the scene in the doctor's office where he freaks out, like the guy basically says he has AIDS and he, you know, freaks out like from a, a homosexual uh, Yeah, defensive. what you call him a faggot? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that scene is incredibly powerful. Like he really delivers that. Like I, I sat there stunned at his, at his reaction. I was, uh, there's there many moments obviously because he was so he dialed does, in. He does, but. he does very well in this movie and it has lots of those same scenes for me. Like I think the same feeling that you're expressing right now describing that scene i'm also a sucker for using uh audio tactics for conveying someone's state of mind so like any scene where he's having a headache and it's like piercing saving private ryan uh like screeching in his ears and everything's slow motion and like washed out colors and he's like stumbling around in some intersection wondering where the fuck he is all those kind of things are super impactful to me because I really, right. really experienced them. And those are the, those, those scenes have like massive design going on too. 
Because yeah. other, other examples of that, like the director has to know in advance what kind of shots he wants to capture with the actor. And a lot of elements have to come together to make those scenes happen, which is, you know, that that's more than just actors reacting off of each other. Like I would, I would use taxi drivers uh, scene with the fizzing, uh, drink. Fizz, fizzing drink as well. Similar kind of concept where you have to like think in advance like i'm like for the scene in dallas buyers club he has to shoot him spinning around in the middle of the street catching different angles of his face and stuff and i recently listened to a a podcast interview with uh, Hall, and he was talking about the director of this movie because he also directed um demolition and apparently this guy just like he's just constantly go 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 with like you know, this camera angle, that camera angle, this camera angle, smile on his face the whole time. Like, yeah, okay, close. Yeah, cut. We're good for the day. Like, he's just like constantly this positive, bustling energy of, you know, do this, do that. And apparently he's uh, great to work with. So he had a huge deal, huge impact on this movie, potentially on, on McConaughey as well. And to the character's credit for as much of a piece of shit, slutty, drug-addled rodeo rider. Hmm. <laughs> That he is, he never once like selfishly just gives someone AIDS. In every scene that you think it's gonna happen, like he gets some stripper or he's got a couple of hookers over or some trashy women, at the last second he's always like, nah, I can't, he cries or he just pushes them off onto his friends. So, like, I give it that credit. Yeah. He actually is like good enough to not do that because I thought for sure after he left that doctor's office, he was just gonna go and just give like 13 women AIDS. I never even thought about that. And, Sometimes you watch movies like this and you, you, you know, that is, is present that they made that decision. And then you read the true story of the person and they did, you know? <laughs> oh, he, yeah. He just like, <laughs> he did like just not give a shit for like five years. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, and this isn't a true story or anything, but like Shawshank Redemption where they adapted the story to be him and they never really speak about uh, Red's crimes, Morgan Freeman's crimes. <laughs> yeah, but he like fucking raped and murdered a girl like a young girl like that's his crime in the short story so it's like if you had done that then his wise character is now a you know rapist and murderer of a small innocent girl <laughs> okay yeah like, like changes everything tim robbins doesn't know what he got into he's like <laughs> shaving down that boat on that beach <laughs> and he's just like so, uh, there's a lot of young girls down here, or what's, what are the what are the what are the consent laws like in the Bahamas? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of my my point. It's just that you know, you could you can know, think one thing because of what a movie told you, and then you know, five years later, find out that Ron Woodruff was a fucking cocksucker. <laughs> yep, <laughs> thirty five people ended up with AIDS after his selfish yeah. outburst after his diagnosis, <laughs> and they were all men. Whoa. Or you just take, yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean it's it, it's a good movie. I there's there's I can't really say anything bad about it other than towards the end I was like, oh, and how many do you have drugs left to sell? <laughs> like they come and rob him like thirteen times of all of his drugs, and then I then I do I start to get sort of overtaken by just my political and philosophical views on the subject matter itself. That and pro- I also find that the third acts of movies, um, even the greatest of stories, it's tough. It's tough to close out. It's tough to pull the curtain. At the oh, right, oh, at, oh, for sure. At the right as, time. As a horror lover, horror movies notoriously shit the bed in the third act. So. Oh, it's not just horror, man. Every fucking movie out there just 
I that's what usually my criticism of most movies is that they don't know how to end well. Yeah. Too long, too abrupt, too what? Well, I think it's because it's such a passion. Like, it's a labor of passion to make a film. And, you know, when you walk away from it, how do you... How do you walk away from it without doing justice to it? And they just, I think they just spend too much time applauding themselves. Pretty much every movie I can think like could end earlier and it would be better for it. But right. It's tough. Yep. So, uh, anything else you guys have watched recently that you want to jibber jabber about before we walk out? I think so. I mean, we saw John Carpenter's the thing in the movie theater. That was fucking awesome. That's the, um, Alamo Draft House, the thing special event. Yes. Yep. That and I took the day too. Yep. Our waitress was dressed as Kurt Russell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beard and all. Beard yeah. and all. Yep. Yeah, she even had awesome. like a flamethrower, plastic th- flamethrower on her back and like a big old army jacket. She was crushing it. Yeah. The hat. Um, that was good. Yeah. And, it, and that was actually the exact experience you were just describing when you were saying you were watching Dallas Buyers Club with me. And even though you love it a whole lot, you were like experiencing it through my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that was the same thing for me when I was watching the thing in the theater with Amanda. I was like, oh, this movie's fucking spectacular, but it's a slow burn. <laughs> that- There's a lot of uh, eerie atmospheric shots of Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nathan, I just I need you to not act like you're above the environment suasion. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am not. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not. No, I've watched I've watched movies before where I wish I could think of an example and I'll I'll text you later the examples if I think of them. But there are several examples of movies and there's one in particular that I can't ah oh, it's on the tip of my tongue and I can't seem to remember it, but where I thought the movie was fucking badass and then I showed it Oh oh I think I remember it. Uh it was Moonlight Mile starring Dustin Hoffman and um Susan Sarandon and Jake Gyllenhaal. And when I first watched it, I was like totally subdued by it and completely and totally enamored by it. You know, listening to some of the soundtrack and stuff and just like walking around with it in my head. <laughs> and then I was so, so excited. I had to like order it off Amazon because I couldn't find it anywhere. And I finally showed Chelsea this movie. And I'm like the whole time, like hypersensitive to the fact that this movie is not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh man is she still awake like this is oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I remember enjoying the scene for those reasons the first time I watched it maybe she's having a better experience than I am like oh fuck this is ruined completely ruined for me now yeah 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 I was starting to sweat it in the theater because it's like super fucking awesome special effects scene and then like a whole lot of paranoid sort of mysterious low budget edited uh mystery drama and then it cut to long swaying shot number 14 of the outside of antarctica with just rustling wind and darkness and then, like <laughs> amanda's head like slowly jelly necking <laughs> but that's a part of it though is that you know you care so much about their opinion of things that you you want them to appreciate it that when they you know take a dump on it it uh it wounds you it hurts it hurts it for hurts. years yeah I mean, it is, I mean, the thing, what are you, like, halfway through thinking, well, it is Carpenter. Maybe I misjudged it. But no, right? Because there's so many people that love the thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, no, I still stand by it. I just do recognize that there, no. it, it's, it's, there's some slow. It's really good. It's just a slow burn. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's, yeah. and, it and, it, you know, 
coming off of the 70s where everything was hard to get through mm. in horror, you know, it's early 80s. It's you got can, that same, like, oh, come on. <laughs> but you can, you can do it, you know. You can you, do it. Oh, yeah. Relative. Now, and then there's examples like Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow where you're just simply wrong, like just flat you're out wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> I can't actually get mad about Groundhog Day because I've never made it through it. <laughs> yeah. So, but Edge of Tomorrow, fuck that movie. <laughs> All right. So harsh. I watched, I watched a couple movies that I'll jibber-jabber about. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Arrival. Okay. That's, oh, all, that's all my to-do. And my one criticism, I won't expose too much of the movie. It's Villeneuve, so it's good. It's just not, it's not what you expect it to be. No matter oh. what you walk into that theater thinking, it's not what you anticipate it to be. Like Period. It's deeply about linguistics, right? Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, but it's. I'm just. I don't want to give anything away. I just want to say that, regardless of how you try to anticipate it, you will not get what you thought you were going to get. Um, it's very well done, but uh, and this speaks to your comments, Daniel, that you made about the marketing of it, and it makes me furious because Arrival feels like a name that they gave this movie to market it in a way that would. You know, bring people in for the alien thing. And the movie's got more depth than that. And the actual story, uh, the short story that it's based off of is titled The Story of Your Life. And I think that that title makes way more sense. Yeah, I've actually become more excited about this film post us doing this show. (laughs) And despite the fact that I've only heard mediocre to negative reviews it's like through the mess of what they're describing i'm like oh the reason you don't like it is a reason i think i would well that's just it is that i think that they set a bunch of people up to walk in expecting an independence day type thing and they walk out with a completely different experience than what they expected and you can't say the movie's bad because it executes so what you end up with is people walking out understanding that the movie was well done but not really knowing how to feel <laughs> because they didn't know what to anticipate which brings the whole trailer thing into into huge perspective because a part of the reason for trailers is not just to get people jacked it's also to give people an idea of what they're going to see so that they can go and satisfy their expectations in my mind and i don't know i think they really did people a disservice i think the producers stepped in and said no 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 we're going to name it this because i've been following that movie's development for a while and it was originally titled the story of your life which was the title of the short story and it makes more sense and of course the intern you know got down on his knees and at the altar of the of arrival and bowed to it and sucked its cock so you know he's he's not in agreement we talked before you guys got on and we he's not in agreement with me he's he's being his uh Toity, hoity, toity. Uh, I'm gonna emotional. What he loves it or hates it? Oh, he loves it. He's he's a huge fan. He thinks it's better than Sicario, and I don't think it's better than Sicario, but I also think it's good. It's just I I felt kind of ripped off by the fact that they made a creative decision, uh, or they they made a business decision that potentially ruined everyone's expectation of what it was gonna be. If you had just not lied about what it was, and even you said on the podcast, Daniel, you said like there's like you know. And I also think that when you say trailer, you mean, uh, you know, 30 second to one minute TV things that happen. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But you were saying that, you know, those things are very, very um, left field from what you saw in the trailer. And that's because they were designing their entire marketing strategy about lying about what the movie was. 
The entire marketing strategy was a misdirection, which is fucking weird. It's like a really weird con like topic of conversation. They do that. Pro- producers are like, like sketchy cats. Like they just can't sit still. They're terrified by any sort of like adjustment or move in the market. And they see something like Arrival, and they're just like, ah, uh, it's too too cerebral for Americans. Uh, put some action into this. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that's what I envision it being, is that a producer said, no, 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 no. We're not going to re- get a return on our investment if we tell people that this is about what it's really about. And Villeneuve the whole time is just making a movie. <laughs> and Amy Adams and Renner and all those guys are just, they're just making a movie. They're just executing the script. They don't give a shit. And the producers just step in and contort the whole experience. So, I don't know, it's it, weird. It's about, it confirms about what I've heard. What was the other one? Uh uh, Midnight Special. I finally got around to watching Midnight Special. Midnight. The E.T. Kid, Michael yeah. Shannon. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Michael Shannon, yes, the best part of that of last year's Christmas movie. Yes. <laughs> he Wait, he was in the night before? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the best part of it. He, really, truly, he, like, pulls the whole thing together. Yeah, he plays, like, a magical weed dealer. Yeah. That's awesome. He just keeps showing up. That's and awesome. he's, like, his... He's like the ghost of Christmas past, present, yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, that's what like, he's supposed to be. That's kind of like what he is. And he's so he's his same stoic, scary self, but it's so funny. He steals so the show. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. I had no idea he was in that makes me want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jill and Holland in the interview I listened to is actually like super good friends with Michael Shannon, apparently, and they went to the same like training seminars and things and um the, he uh he actually asked Michael Shannon to be with B- to come with them with uh, Richard Kelly's Donnie Darko and uh, Shannon didn't end up doing it. And the next time they worked together was recently with nocturnal animals. And uh, they were talking about Michael Shannon quite a bit, actually about how he's misunderstood (laughs) by most people. They think most people think he's like this brooding uh, presence, but he's really just this awesome on the ball actor that just crushes all the time. Oh yeah. His comedic timing is, uh, spectacular. Oh, Jillian Hall was saying there's a there's a diner scene in Nocturnal Animals where he was it's like probably one of his favorite acting scenes that he's done in a long time. And then he went off on this tangent about diner scenes and how they're great because it's just two actors across from each other listening and going back and forth and it's really they cerebral. Are. A lot of diner scenes in the Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well he was referencing Zodiac and you know. his own movie's got it. Right, yeah. I've never um, seen Donnie Darko. I just want to put that on the record. Oh, Amanda. Donnie Darko's solid. Yeah, solid. It's, it's kind of cool, too. Like, the Mo yeah. was playing it, and I was like, hey, babe, do you want to go see Donnie Darko at the Mo? And you were like, eh, it's fine. We can go if you want to. You should. Donnie Darko's solid. It's tight. It's kind of u- It's very unique. It's a, it's a cult classic for a reason. And not because of Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal's a fucking baby in it. It's just... Uh, <laughs> he is a baby. And yeah. his, does his sister... Sneak in there at the end? Oh, she's in there. She's a part of his actual... She she plays his sister in the movie at the dinner table. Yeah, his sister plays his sister. And they, they fight. <laughs> they All right, little, Maggie. Have, yeah, they have a little squabble. But oh, Maggie. Midnight Special, I'll tell you, it's it's weird. I'm having this really weird response to it because um, it fucking executes. It fucking does. But something about, like, have you ever watched a movie where they kind of, like, um, glance across details that you want to know more about yeah powder yeah <laughs> that's hilarious that you brought up powder um but yeah that's uh that's kind of like how i felt about this was that every part of it is is really solid but it feels like you're watching a a snapshot of a story 
that there's all these depths and elements to it and, and different things that they don't really tell you about further other than to say this is something that happened and this is this current status of this situation. They don't go anywhere near it. Because this little boy is, you know, being absquatulated <laughs> <laughs> from this cult. And they kind of like, you know, they give you a taste of the cult. And this uh, Adam Driver, he interviews all the members of the cult, and they talk about the boy like he's a savior, you know, like he's a supernatural savior of some kind. Mm-hmm. And they just keep pushing that sci-fi element, and it's it's actually a really solid movie. But there's something about it that leaves you wanting, and it's 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 you know I'm kind of debating on whether or not I should try to burden it to you because I think you would like it, but I think that, that it would have the same experience that you would just be wanting more and i don't know if that's something that should be burdened <laughs> so i'm really <laughs> struggling with it one of the funniest thoughts i had was that at the end of the movie i i pictured myself like man if i watched this movie with uh, my old conspiracy buddy phil he would turn to me and tell me you know the name of the aliens and like explain to me everything about it and like it was real <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, these are the, like the Nordic whites, and these are the reptiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are the Valencians ones. Yeah, these are the Val- the, the Valencians, and and they're real. And I read them about it in this book that has absolutely no credentials, and it's yeah, awesome. The Pleiadians, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and all the Pleiadians. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's that. That's that. Midnight special and Arrival. And uh, Allied Today, which I'm not going to talk about any further because I want you to go with Amanda and have a Thanksgiving event. That's true. And while I enjoy that and you enjoy Poultrygeist, (laughs) and of course our millions of fans can go enjoy a little more of us. Chatterparkpodcast.com. At Trailer Park Podcast, or sorry, at T Park Podcast. The gin was strong tonight. Um, you can follow Daniel at 100 Lunatics. Follow the intern at the intern TPP. You can follow Amanda in your mind because she doesn't have a Twitter handle. And yeah, currently on uh, 100 Lunatics, also um, Sad Sack Studios, of course, the mothership. Please, you know, sadsackstudios.com, please go there because it's it's kind of a hub for everything so you can just go and you know do it and link to everything that way it's more efficient and uh, we're currently uh, working through the Hellraiser uh, franchise Uh, number one went off with a bang Uh, number two is uh, coming up soon so and then when we get to the end we're going to do a big uh, a big celebration of the of the franchise I'm awake you can, do, yeah. you can do Hellbound right now. I'm down. Do Hellbound right now. I'm awake. I can fucking do it. Um, this was pleasant. Twas. 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 I thank Amanda for joining us. I thank the intern for leaving halfway through. Um, yeah, and just tell the intern that like I watched something else <laughs> off my burden list. Let's just never bring it up and just have it slowly disappear <laughs> until he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should pretend that you didn't watch anything. You just went to six and just yeah. He's not going to listen to this for like another year. Yeah, no, I yeah. He stopped listening. I don't know why. He has more time now than he did, so I don't understand. 
the the passion might be gone. Perhaps we should challenge him. <sighs> like next episode. Thank you for joining us for Trailer Pro Podcast seventy one. Uh, we're also here to do a intervention. <laughs> Intern intervention. <laughs> you know what would be really funny is that if is if without notice and without even saying anything, if you gave the archive update over to me with like new intro music <laughs> and just turned to me for everything. Oh, Amanda, it's can we? So good. Can we? Can we do it? Except we we call you the apprentice. <laughs> no, man, I'm serious. Can we do it? Can we do it over Christmas? Like we'll just totally do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Can you look at the lineups and tell me like 35 and 36, you know, that area, if you've yeah. seen them all? Because we don't want you to go to too much work. Yeah, I don't want to have to like do any work, but like. You should try to target a lineup that you've already seen most, if not all of. If or that can, I'm at least, I want to see Or them. just piss them off and just be like, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's probably a plus one, so points to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you could just dismiss Insulted them. Insulted the rest of the world. <laughs> I don't know why he fucking watches all of them. I mean, it's plain to see. Yeah. 